Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin in The Marriage. With the conviction that marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement between friendly people, NBC takes pleasure in presenting one of the most distinguished couples of the American theater, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as Liz and Ben Marriott, bringing you the love and laughter of the marriage. It's always been a wonderful thing to me. How people you think you know so well can suddenly show unexpected corners of their lives. It's as if a familiar room suddenly comes alive with secret panels leading to hidden passages between the walls. Perhaps the most striking example of this happened a few weeks ago. It was the middle of a Friday afternoon where the doorbell rang. Oh, oh, hello, Miss Marriott. Hello. Hello. I uh, I can go away if you're eating dinner or anything. At four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. Oh, is it that early? Emily isn't here, you know. She's spending the weekend with her grandmother in Connecticut. Oh. Oh, that's nice. Did you want to leave a message for her? Oh, no. No, I haven't got anything to say to Emily. I mean, I always like to say something to Emily, but not anything special. I mean, not right now. You mean you just dropped by? <sighs> that's it. Oh, won't you come in? Well, thanks. I'd I better leave my rubbers outside. Oh, that's all right. Uh, they'll track. You think so? They're size 13. Oh, maybe you'd better leave them outside. Who? What's the matter? My shoes came off with the rubbers. Oh, just leave them, Bobby. Come on in. I, uh, I hope it's all right. I, I've got sweat socks on. I mean, they're clean. They're just called sweat socks. In case. I see. Um, well, Bobby... How do you happen to be here this afternoon? Oh, Mr. Harkness was afraid I'd be over tense. Oh, uh, over tense? Yes. It shows when I dribble. I should think it would. I trip in the bucket. Really? Over my own ankles. Bobby, has this something to do with basketball? Of course. <gasps> There's oh. a game tomorrow afternoon with George Washington, so Mr. Harkness excused me from today's practice. He really doesn't think I'm a very good basketball player. But you're the first team center. That's because I'm six foot three. Mr. Harkness said it was the first time a pituitary gland made the varsity. That doesn't sound very kind of Mr. Harkness. Oh, that's all right. It's, it's true. I don't care very much for athletics anyway. Well, I better get my rubbers on and go. Oh, wait a minute, Bobby. I shouldn't keep uh, you. Emily isn't here and all. Bobby, uh, Emily said she told you all about going away for the weekend. Oh? Did she? Bobby Logan, come on back here. Sit down. You didn't come over to tell me that you'd trip in the bucket. You, you don't mind, Mrs. Marriott? What is it, Bobby? What's bothering you? Is there something wrong between you and Emily? Oh, no, no. We're, we're very friendly. It's just that... Well, uh, <clears throat> should you be cooking supper or something? I, uh, I could come back later. You're worried about something, Bobby. The best thing to do is to take a deep breath and get it off your chest. Oh? Well. Bobby, breathe out. Oh, Mrs. Marriott, it's not that I've got anything against cheese. I don't happen to like Roquefort, but I don't have anything against cheese in general. Bobby, I'd like to talk to you about just whatever it is, but I'm a little confused. Cheese? Oh, that, that's my, my family's store. It's a dairy appetizer store, mostly 
Mostly cheese. Oh, yes, the, the store your father owns. No, no, they both work in it. Mom and Papa, that's the trouble. You see, I graduate this year, and I've got to decide what to do. Papa wants me to go into cheese with him, full time. What do you want to do, Bobby? Well, when I was in grade school, I used to go to the museum. Uh, the one with the Indians, not the one with Rembrandt. The Museum of Natural History? I, I used to just walk through there. You know those life-size scenes of Eskimos and Indians and Africans? I got to know them as if they were friends or something, really. And, and all the plan exhibits. Once, once I saved up to go to Boston to see the blown glass flowers in the Harvard Museum. You know, when you take a flower, just an ordinary flower, not even an orchid, and you, and you take it apart and understand why it works and how, well, that's... That, that's very exciting. Yes. I always wanted to do that, to really know all about something important like flowers and plants. I mean, it isn't really foolish. It's very important. Do you know that man is absolutely dependent on grass? I've heard that. Well, I... I suppose it does seem kind of funny. I mean, I'm... I'm six foot three, and I'm very gawky. It's kind of funny, me and flowers. Oh, no, Bobby. Oh, no. No? You're really so right. Man is dependent on grass and, and flowers, and it isn't just because of food. You can't begin to understand life without knowing about the plants or the seasons. I, I think it's very important wanting to learn all about it. You, you don't think it's adolescent? Of course it's adolescent. To want to learn. Nobody would ever find out anything if they didn't dream of finally knowing. Mama thinks it's impractical. She says I should know how to make sure the jobber doesn't deliver stale pot cheese. But what could be more practical than science? That's what makes it hard. Papa's a very excitable man. He only comes up to here on me. The height is from my mother's side, but he's very excitable. Can't you make them understand how you feel, Bobby? Is that the trouble? Well, I could get a scholarship to a small college, a basketball scholarship, but Mama says Papa will get upset if I don't go into the store. Can't you tell her how important it is? Oh, Mrs. Marriott, nobody tells Mama much. I don't know what to do, Mrs. Marriott. I can't talk to Papa. I I tried to talk to Emily about it, but... Well, she's less mature than I am. Well, we should figure out something, Bobby. I think your ideas are very important and mature. Mature? Mrs. Marriott, I was sure you'd... I didn't think you'd understand about... Oh, thank you. Hi, Liz. In the living room, Ben. Hey. I thought with the kids away, you'd meet me at the door with a great, passionate display. Of... Oh. Hello, Mr. Marriott. Hello, Bobby. I didn't know anybody was here. Bobby just dropped in. Uh, shall I kiss you, dear? Never mind. Well, uh, I'd better be going. Uh, Emily's in Connecticut, isn't she? Oh, yes. Didn't you know? I knew. <laughs> Was there something particular that you wanted, Bobby? Oh, we were just talking. Well, I guess I, uh... Goodbye, Mrs. Marriott. No, don't run away, Bobby. You know, we don't see much of you. You're always on your way out. I know. Ooh. Why don't you stay for supper? Oh, could I really? I'll have to call my folks. Well, use the phone in the kitchen. Well, that's... That's very nice of you, Mr. Marriott. What came over you? Well, 
For one thing, I think it's a good idea to get to know Bobby a little better. Every time I see him, he's scraping the nap off the rug with the side of his shoe, waiting for Emily. I've been learning a few things about him, Ben. He's quite a boy. Besides, I have to go out for dinner. Ben. Well, this way you'll have somebody to talk to. Ben, why didn't you phone? This is the third night in a row. Darling, I didn't find out till very late. How late? Three o'clock. Oh. Look, Liz, I just forgot to call, that's all. Hawkberg turned four cases over to me at once. Uh, ben, I'm furious. I'm, I'm absolutely... Dear, I can't help it. Connolly asked me to go with him to a forum at the Columbia Law School. But the first night we can have dinner alone together in heaven knows how long. Honestly, you Ben... You won't be alone. You'll have Bobby Logan. Oh. Now, take it easy. How could you be so inconsiderate? Liz, I don't think you're fooling me one minute. Darling, you can't if go on... If this was but... the first time, I wouldn't care, but... Uh, um, my mother says it's all right to stay. Well, now it's all settled. Ah, uh, are you sure I, I'm not in the way? Um, oh, no. Mr. Marriott is very glad you're here at this point. If you'll excuse me, I'll put the sirloin steak on. Oh, she's, she's nice, isn't she? Yes. Oh, yes, she's nice. And she seems to understand things so quickly. Did you notice that, Bobby? Oh, yeah. She she seems to just see right through you. Invariably. Hmm? Bobby, you won't mind if I leave, do you? I have to go out in business. It came up very suddenly. I know. What do you mean, you know? Oh, uh, you just told me. Oh. <laughs> yes, I did, didn't I? Well, I better put on a clean shirt. You mean you won't be here? Afraid not. Oh. Oh. Well, it's all right, isn't it? Oh, yes, it's fine. Fine. You don't have to be as enthusiastic about it as all that. All right. Well, have a nice dinner. Bobby and I had dinner. He wolfed his way through steak, pausing at intervals to apologize for eating. He must have bitten down on the one piece of garlic in the salad. At any rate, he looked more startled than warranted by a mere cucumber. After dinner, I brought my coffee in the living room by the fire and tucked my feet under me on the couch. Bobby sat on the edge of his chair and rearranged all the odds and ends on the coffee table several times. <clears throat> well, uh, I suppose I should go. I mean, you must have lots of other things to do. Oh, no, I have the whole evening free. Do you mind if I smoke? Oh, no. I'm not allowed because of training. Anyway, I don't like to. Uh-huh. Bobby, you don't look very comfortable. Would you like to take off your tie? Yes. I mean, I'd better not. Why not? Well, my collar button is off. The tie holds it together. Oh, I won't mind, really. Everything about me is like that. Like what? Well, I mean, it looks all right on top, but there's always something missing. You know, I told you about what I want to do, about science and all. I said I wanted to be like Pasteur or Ehrlich. You know what the real truth is? What is the real truth, Bobby? I don't live up to it. I know I don't. I'm a real phony, you know. I only got 87 at midterm in zoology. I I didn't even study. 87 isn't bad. Yeah, but I should do better. I mean, if I'm supposed to be so idealistic about it, 87 is, is just good. I see what you mean, Bobby. Even in basketball. I, I know I should be better. I, I could be, but I'm not. And, and in other things. What other things? Well, other things. I mean, I mean like girls. 
You know, I'm afraid of them. I, I could kick myself. I mean, with the other fellows, you always talk, you know, but it isn't true. I'm, I'm just a phony. I even fool myself. People don't know what a phony I am. Emily doesn't know. I, I hope. You're not really a phony, Bobby. Oh, yes, yes. You, you don't know. But nobody can live up to their own ideals. It's the same way with me. I know I should be very patient and understanding with Ben and the children, but, oh, I get cross and I do the wrong things. I feel the same way you do afterwards. You do? Sometimes I can't stand myself. Oh, yes, that's it. But you have to decide that you're doing the best you can. You have to like yourself pretty well. Well, I don't. I, I don't see how anybody else could if, if I really told them. Well, you told me. And I still like you. Do you really, Mrs. Marion? Of course. Would you hand me the lighter, Bobby? I'll light it for you, Mrs. Marion. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby must have forgotten his rubbers. They're still in... Oh, hello, Bobby. Hello, Mr. Marriott. I'm still here. <laughs> yes, I noticed. Would you have a good dinner? It was swell. Mrs. Marriott loaned me a toothbrush. A toothbrush? He bit into the garlic. <laughs> well, what have you been doing all evening? Talking. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, yeah. uh, well, uh, i better be going, I suppose. It was a very interesting evening, Bobby. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get my rubbers. Liz, before I forget, I hate to do this to you, but we've got to change those theater tickets for tomorrow night. Why? I'll tell you later. Ben, we bought those tickets a month in advance. I can't help it, dear. Ben, first tonight, and then, oh, Liz, Ben. darling, don't make a scene. We'll talk about it later. We planned uh, this weekend so carefully. How many times a year do you think we can have Mother take the children for a whole weekend? Liz, please. Tonight this... was bad enough, but... When you get started like this, you just won't listen. I don't want to listen. Will you try to understand, darling? You're being absolutely unreasonable. You shouldn't say uh, that to Mrs. Marriott. Uh, I thought you left, Bobby. I was putting on my rubbers, and, and you shouldn't say that. What? She's very understanding. She's the most understanding person that ever understood. I'm glad you think so highly of uh, Mrs. Marriott Bobby. Oh, I... don't laugh at me. I think you were very inconsiderate going away tonight. I heard. I think you don't appreciate just how wonderful a woman she is. Now, look, Bobby. Oh, I know, I know. I'm only a child, but maybe in some ways I'm more mature than some middle-aged people. At least I can appreciate a fine, sensitive woman. I, I... Goodbye. Well. I forgot my hat. What's got into him? Chivalry, I think. Did you serve him anything to drink? Milk. I've never known that kid to talk like that. He was protecting me. From what? From you. You're kidding. Oh, no. He thought you were being cruel to me. As a matter of fact, you were. About those tickets? Now, look, Liz, I didn't want to go into it in front of Bobby. But Connolly asked us to dinner. I had to say yes. Couldn't you have told him that we had... Oh, 
I guess you couldn't. I'm sorry, Liz. I... We can exchange the tickets for some other night. I'm sorry, too, Ben. It's just that I was so disappointed. The whole weekend is turning out to be such a bust. Oh, well. Want some coffee? I've got a pint of ice cream in my coat pocket. What's it doing in there? I was afraid if I took it out, we'd have to ask Bobby to spend the night. Now, don't you say anything about Bobby. I think he's a very fine boy, and he understands me perfectly. He appreciates me. That does <laughs> prove he has good taste, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Now, you two must have had a lot to say to each other. Hmm. As a matter of fact, we did. <laughs> Emily and Pete came back Sunday night. Monday after school, Emily came home and moped for the rest of the afternoon. Just before supper, I called her into the kitchen. You want me to set the table, Mom? In a minute. Emily, um, everything go all right at school today? Oh, sure. Oh. Um, did you, um, did you run into Bobby Logan today? Hmm. He sprained his ankle Saturday in the game. Tripped in the bucket? Uh-huh. He was all taped up. Oh, that's too bad. I suppose so. It made him a big hero. Something wrong between you and Bobby? Wrong? Wrong? Wrong. Well, I didn't go after him because he was a senior or anything. He doesn't have to throw it up to me. What happened? If he wants to go out with a senior girl, all right. All right. What senior girl? I don't know. He must have been out with one Friday night. Friday night? Did he say that? Well, I asked him about Ellie's party next week. He said it wasn't any use. He's seen what a mature woman could be. Oh, dear. He said he was spoiled for immature girls. Immature. Some of the things he doesn't know. That's why you think he went out with a senior Friday night? Well, what else? Golly, I don't see how one or two years can make that much difference. Well, it doesn't really matter to me. Do you want me to set the table now, Mom? I really wasn't sure what to do. Luckily, the next afternoon, Bobby showed up after school. It wasn't raining, so he kept his rubbers on and came right in. I, uh, I came to apologize to you, Mrs. Marriott. I... I really shouldn't have said that about him. Ben? Oh, that's all right, Bobby. I think you didn't quite understand what was going on. Oh, sure I did. I think it's very characteristic of you to cover up. I'm not covering up, Bobby. You must be. I mean, you're so sensitive, you, you must have been awfully hurt. No, no, Bobby. When you're married as long as Ben and I have been, things do flare up every once in a while. But they flare down again. Right after you left, we had ice cream together. Ice cream? Vanilla fudge. Oh. Bobby, why don't you stay for supper again? Emily will be home soon. No, I, I'd better not. It, it's no use. What's no use? Emily seems so... so young. She is young. So are you. I know. That's why it's no use. Bobby, you and I the other night had a moment when we really understood each other. Yes, we did. I'll never forget that, Mrs. Marriott. 
But we're not the only people who can be that sensitive. Ben is. He is? Oh, for goodness sake, don't ever tell him I told you, but every once in a while, he writes me poems. He, he does? Oh, gosh. And Emily. Emily? I don't suppose I should say this either, but she's very fond of you. And don't tell her I said so. Oh, no. I think, Bobby, she gets a kind of understanding from you that, that Ben and I can't give her. Young people have to pull away from their parents. I have a feeling Emily has to come to somebody else sometimes because she can't talk to us when she has problems. I didn't know Emily has problems. Oh, yes. Oh. I know I feel much better when she can go to somebody who will listen and be sensitive enough to understand. Yes, I suppose so. Two people who like each other, whether they're adults in love or, or young people sort of half in love, they have to need each other. I suppose so. Hello, Emily. Pete's playing roller hockey in the gutter again. Oh. Hello, Bobby. Hello, Emily. Bobby came over to see you. I did? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Emily, I, I didn't want you to think that I didn't want to go to Ellie's party with you. What did you expect me to think? You said that Well, you... I, I say some pretty dopey things sometimes. You certainly do. Anyway. Yes? If you're not doing anything next Saturday night, would... Would you like to go to Ellie's party with me? I think it would be quite nice. I'd love to, Bobby. Well, now I'd better get supper ready. Uh, you're staying, aren't you, Bobby? Huh? Oh, yes. Uh, then I'll leave the garlic out of the salad. Ben and Liz Marriott will be back in just a moment. In the meantime, let us extend an invitation on behalf of our stars, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as well as the National Broadcasting Company, to all of you to drop by next week at this time for another half-hour observation and transcription of the marriage. Written by Ernest Tenoy, with Denise Alexander, heard as Emily, and William Redfield as Bobby Logan. And to those of you who have been so generous in writing either to the network or to the stars, to express your appreciation of the marriage, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin extend warm thanks. The Marriage is an NBC radio production directed by Edward King. This is Bob Denton speaking. Ben, they've been washing the dishes in there for two and a half hours. A lot of dishes. What are they doing? Ah, uh, he's talking and she's being understanding. I wonder now, where did she learn to do that? It's hereditary. Right now, perhaps in your own neighborhood, there's a youngster learning to walk with the aid of heavy steel braces on his legs. Why? Infantile paralysis. Yes, infantile paralysis struck down more than 35,000 new victims last year. But this year, there is new hope. This year, mass human tests of a new trial vaccine 
may lead to a permanent polio preventive, may mean the end of polio. These tests, the largest in medical history, must be paid for. Gamma globulin for temporary protection against polio this year, while the vaccine is being tested, must also be paid for. And thousands upon thousands of crippled children fighting to recover from the paralyzing blow of polio need help. And that, too, must be paid for. Never before could your merciful hand do so much for so many. Join the 1954 March of Dimes today. And remember, give double. Tonight, hear Edward G. Robinson in NBC's Star Playhouse on the NBC Radio Network.